family. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. So today we have a really powerful gospel, and it kind of, when I reflect on it, really helps me to think of who Jesus really is. And so a man goes to Jesus and basically asks him, how many people are going to heaven? He says, how many people are going to be saved? And so Jesus says to him, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. The householder will rise up and shut the door, and you will stand and knock at the door, and the Lord will say to you, I do not know you where you come from. And so, a lot of times if we think of Jesus, we don't really think of him as someone, if we knock on his door, that he's not going to open it to us. We really never, most people today don't think of Jesus as someone, if I knock on his door, as someone who's going to say to me, I don't know who you are, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Can we imagine Jesus doing that? Because Jesus says, if you knock on my door, I will open. So what is he talking about? So Jesus, he's basically saying to the person, he says, and the person says, you, we ate and drank in your presence, Lord. So basically saying, we heard you preach in our streets. We ate and drank in your presence. How many of us at church, we eat and drink the body and blood of the Lord, and we are in his presence, but Jesus says to you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Why would he say that? He's basically saying, I'm giving you an invitation to repent of your sins, and you are listening to that, but you do not act on it. And so he will say to many, depart from me, he says, you worker of iniquity. Basically, you're living in sin, and I keep trying to heal you, and you refuse. And so, as a Christian, you know, everyone here needs to really count the cost of what it means to be a Christian. At the end, right after this chapter, well, even in the beginning of this chapter, in the beginning, so this is chapter 13, but in the beginning of chapter 13, last week, we heard that Jesus says to Jerusalem, unless you all repent, you will all perish. Now, how could Jesus say 2,000 years ago to the holy city of Jerusalem, to the Jerusalem people, unless you all repent, you will all perish. He wasn't even talking to a pagan nation. Literally to the holy Jews, the Jews of Israel, the Jews of Jerusalem, he said to them, unless you all repent, you will all perish. And so sometimes as a Catholic, we really are very poor at really reflecting, well, what are my sins? I have so many people who come to me and tell me, Abuna, chumindi, I have nothing, just bless me, put your hand on my head and give me buraksa, give me your blessing. I don't have anything. But if I questioned you for five minutes, I promise you I can find like 20 mortal sins. I, I can literally, I can find a million mortal sins. I can find them. What did you say to your sister-in-law? Yeah, I cussed her out. I don't talk to my mother-in-law. My mother um, it's only been 25 years. But I'm a good lady. I come to church every week. I sit in the Lord's presence. Maybe the, the Lord is going to say, he's going to close the door and says, I don't know who you are. You pray 25 rosaries a day, which is great. But did you repent? And so, and so this is very dangerous when we think repentance is just for 
We think repentance is just for those people who are yelling at in the screaming in the streets for abortion and for gay marriage and all these things. But really, Jesus says, he says, many will not be. He doesn't say few people. He says many. And he looks at Jerusalem and he says, unless all of you repent, you will all perish. All of us. Every single person has sin. So at some point, all of us, most people in this church, at some point in their life, have committed a mortal sin that deserves to go to hell. Everyone here, including myself, at some point in my life, we have committed a mortal sin that we... So no one deserves to go to heaven. So what's my main point? There is no sin that Jesus can't forgive, right? Is there any sin that Jesus can't forgive? Some Catholics really come to me, oh, Father, he can't forgive this sin. This one's too bad. That's a complete lie. Do you know what that means? That means you're saying that the blood of the cross is not more powerful than any sin. And so ultimately what you're really saying is that Jesus' blood is not as powerful as your sin. Not more powerful, not powerful enough to cleanse you, to heal us from our sins. That's what we say. So if someone commits murder, can Jesus forgive that person? If they really repent, of course, in tears, of course Jesus can forgive that person. If we live in sexual immorality, impure immorality, can Jesus forgive me? Of course. If I'm willing to admit I'm living in sin, Jesus will forgive me. In a single one drop of his blood, boom, my sin is gone. We don't make ourselves holy. Jesus makes us holy. Otherwise, if he didn't, then what is the point of him dying on the cross? You can't make yourself holy. He makes you holy by his blood. So when he says the gate, the doorway is narrow, why is it narrow? There's many, and he says the way to destruction is broad. The door to hell is very broad. Why? Because there's many different mortal sins I can commit in my life. Hatred, lust, living in greed, doing every kind of things, immoral things to gain money, whatever it is. There's many roads to hell, but there's one road to eternal life, and that is the blood of Christ. That is the narrow road. He is the narrow road. Jesus himself is the road to heaven. And so it's very important if we reflect on this, Jesus is really saying something very, very real. His invitation to repentance. So basically what he's saying is there's a huge party going on in heaven. You're trying to knock on the door and I'm going to say to you, I don't know who you are. So how can we reflect on this a little deeper? Okay, who is Jesus talking about? I can tell you today, how many of our relatives, 80% of our relatives, don't even come to Mass on Sunday? Okay. You think you don't have mortal sin? That's a mortal sin. It's a grave sin to not do what Jesus said. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood every single Sunday, St. Paul says. And if you don't do that, Jesus will say, well, the scripture says to do this. Very simple invitation to receive the Eucharist, and then how many people of our people will be like, no, I'm busy. So he will say, one day I will knock on his door, and he'll say, I don't know who you are. Who are you? Because very simple things that Jesus asks, we just don't even do that. I promise you. And it's not to say we don't have sin. Again, I'm going to repeat this a million times. It's not that we don't have sins as Catholics. But the dangerous part is when we call good evil and evil good. And when I just think that I can just live in sin and not ask the Lord to heal me. Jesus, at the end of this gospel today, he gives us this beautiful image 
of a hen. This is like a very warm image. In the beginning of this chapter, he is very hard, very stern. And then he says, I'm like a hen, a mother hen who wants to gather her chicks. This is the example Jesus uses. He says, I'm a mother hen and I want to gather my chicks. Sounds kind of girly, kind of kind of feminine. He's literally saying, I'm like a mother hen that wants to gather her chicks under her wings, but how you were unwilling to be healed. And so your house is forsaken. And so this is so much in my life. I can say there was a time in my life when Jesus was telling me to repent and was just like in one ear, out the other, and eh, maybe later, maybe next month, maybe next year. And so, and so really think, because the, so I'm going to go deeper with this in the future. And it's very important that as a priest, my job is to help you get to heaven, right? And so we're going to talk more about deeper moral issues that, so before I leave, so I have about one year left at St. George, you know, Father Perrin's leaving next month. And I have about a year left. And I'm not leaving this parish until I go over the examination of conscience and I'm going to look for every single mortal sin that is inside of our hearts because Jesus needs to heal it. He has to heal it. If we don't give it to him and he doesn't heal us, we're going to find ourselves knocking on his door and he's going to say, I don't know you. And can you imagine something more scarier than that? On the day of judgment, Jesus saying to you and me, I don't know who you are, Father Kevin. I gave you the grace to speak the truth, but you were unwilling. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. How scary would that be? And so it's very important that we really count the cost. In the next chapter, chapter 14, Jesus says, count the cost of what it means to be a disciple. He says, it is like a man who's building a tower. And he says, what man building a house or a tower doesn't first see how much equipment and stone and nails and hammers he needs to build this house? He says, if all you bring is enough materials to build the front porch, he says, you're going to be a laughing stock. He says, before you think about becoming a Christian, saying you're a Christian, he says, first count the cost of what it means to be a disciple. He says, count the cost. He says, look at it at the big view. All the things that I've preached about as Jesus, Jesus preaching, he says, unless you look at all of that and count the cost and say, yeah, I'm all in, Jesus. I'm all in. He says, if you don't count that cost, he says, you will be a laughingstock because we're trying to be a Christian. And then Jesus will say, you didn't do anything that I asked for 20 years. And so very important that we, today we'll pray that there is no sin that Jesus can't forgive, but may we give him our sins today. Amen.